Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello and welcome back to Lead Today. If it's your first time, a great big warm welcome to the show. I'm so excited about today's episode because we have Sonia Cordes with us and she is an integrate mind and body well-being specialist. She's trained in the German science of meta-health and biocompass, which focuses on helping people find the specific root cause of illness and disease. Once these root causes have been identified, she uses energy healing techniques such as emotional freedom technique, matrix reimprinting, and Healy frequency device to support people's journey back to better health. Her extensive knowledge has helped people overcome cancer, multiple sclerosis, migraines, and eczema, amongst other conditions. I can personally vouch for the hay fever that I've overcome via her tips as well as supporting her father to overcome life-threatening pneumonia through Reiki and other integrated therapies. We get right into it in today's interview. Sonia is brilliant, sharing so many different resources, and the first one that we dive into is Rob Van Overbruggen's work on cancer. He is the founder of BioCompass, and I actually found Sonia online on Instagram via Nicole Arbor, who shared one of her videos and have been going through the BioCompass training myself ever since, thanks to Sonia's recommendation. She is such a brilliant ball of energy and a ray of sunlight amidst so many people right now being critical and fear-mongering. I love Sonia's positive and solution-focused approach to health and her life, so welcome in, Sonia. Have I told you about his book? Oh, no. Healing Psyche. It's all about cancer treatment, healing cancer. Oh, yeah. It's his yeah. PhD. It's what he wrote his PhD on. Cool. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't know about it. But yeah, he he, t- he touched upon it just a little bit, the cancer. Yeah, piece. Cool. Um, that's a big one. But they're all everything. Even just your your little blurbs on Instagram about even just something as simple as hay fever, you know, and allergies. It's just yeah. fascinating, this whole idea of root cause. And yeah. well, I guess I should, I mean, I should ask what brought you to BioCompass? What brought you to this career of healing work and holistic healing? Uh, amazingly, it was, start, you know, started in the very left brain personal development field as a teacher, started doing my own work around learning about mindset, moved into teaching kids with high levels of stress and anxiety because um, I always end up specializing in kids with learning difficulty, children in secondary schools. And while I was on that journey, I had a life coach who introduced to me tapping because of my own. I was feeling a bit anxious and stressed about some stuff in my life. Learned tapping. That led on to matrix re-imprinting, which is one of the most powerful healing tools for trauma. Like I'm, it's mind-blowing how quick and easy, effective it is. And through matrix re-imprinting, um, my trainer, Caroline Dawson, whose brother... Carl Dawson invented matrix re-imprinting. He was trained in what's called meta-health. And meta-health, him and Richard Fluke, Richard Fluke wrote the book, Why Am I Sick? They did a lot of work together using meta-health analysis and matrix re-imprinting to help people overcome, um, treat the root cause of illness and disease. And it was through them learning about all of that that I went as a matrix re-imprinting practitioner 
oh my gosh, I need to learn about this root cause stuff. And so then I learned meta health. Um, well, actually, Rob Van Oberbruggen, who trained in meta health and was one of the leading meta health, wanted to go out on his own and do and just rebrand it. So he created BioCompass. But it's basically meta health, but the training, it's the way he trains it and delivers it is done in such a way that's so understandable. So much more, um, oh, it's just so much easier than learning meta health in terms of the basics. So that's that I just said, I've got to learn this. And he happened to come to Australia because Caroline Dawson brought him to Australia. And uh, I was like, right, that's it. I'm learning. I need to learn this. It's phenomenal. It's never wrong. Yeah, well, I, I love how it's, more uh, it's not just masking the symptom right which i think is so mm. interesting overall in terms of western medicine and how we try it we just these quick fixes mm. often right it's like okay i'll just take the pill and shut my body up from the headache or from the pain wherever i'm feeling it rather than investigating it almost feels like getting super curious like I, because my background is in coaching but then i went down the career coaching road and it's the same thing right we're asking questions to get kind of to the root cause of where somebody's at and where they want to go. And so it seems like a similar approach just with your body and what your body yeah. and mind is trying to tell you from symptoms that show up. It's fascinating. So I, and that's what you said, just quickly, what you said, what's my body trying to tell me? That's how BioCompass works. It's about asking such specific questions along the way that people start to talk about the symptoms and then they, they break out in tears. They start remembering these events in their lives. They go, oh my goodness, I had that trauma and I had that thing and I've got this belief. And I had a person on the phone the other day with liver cancer and I just asked one question about the, which I know the liver is about a starvation conflict. What, what have you been starved of in your life? And next minute she's in tears saying, oh my gosh, my parents love. And I went, well, here you have it. Wow. It's that, sometimes it's that quick. It's that quick. It's amazing. Because it's so specific and so science. I, I think what's great about it is it's based on scientific research of the brain MRIs connected to the cell, cells and tissues of the body. And that's what I love about it. It's not sort of like taking pieces. It's like it's very prescriptive. Wow. I think it's fascinating that she was able to tell you Right. I mean, because this, again, it's kind of reiterating what I just said, but this concept that it truly, that I would know, you know, if I have an issue, like something that I've always struggled with is painful menstruation, like really painful periods. And I, I mean, I go at length in other episodes, but um, the main thing being that rest and heat are two things that really help me. And I, I don't think I've gone to root cause yet about it. If I'm like, I'm, I'm investigating, but what I would say is that my body tells me the answers. And so I think it's beautiful that you're not there as the person saying, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that kind of being on top of it. You're saying, let's uncover this together. I think it's really a completely different approach from what I've encountered with traditional doctors, let's say, where it's more prescriptive kind of, okay, here are your symptoms. So I'm going to tell you how to handle this. It's more eliciting that from the individual. I think that's really cool. And I mean, liver cancer, well, so the people would say you have to go to chemo, yeah, and, you know, it's okay. it, like, and do you know what you just what you just said sums it up at the moment and i understand that doctors go and train because they want to help people get better but there's a, almost like this god attitude of the doctors of if i can't medicate you and find treat your symptoms with my medications there's nothing we can do 
and this almost people looking to, up to their doctors and saying, help me, save me, give me the pill, when actually it's people, and I, if I said this to people, they probably wouldn't come and have a biocompass analysis, but I teach you how to become your own healer. I show you, you will, but what it does is it re-empowers the person because people are so disempowered at the moment because they go to their doctor, they get told a prognosis, which is usually a lie based on their minimal understanding of root causes and medical intervention. I can't treat it with this chemo or this med, therefore there's no cure. And cure is just a marketing, it's just a marketing word um, to help, you know, make money off the medication. But what, what it does is, and that's not from the doctor's perspective, but what it does is it disempowers the individual and and it makes them think their illness is separate from them and that's the part where people go hashtag fuck cancer and excuse my French oh my god I just swore sorry <laughs> um but people you know say oh I'm gonna fight this I'm gonna beat this well actually no why don't we learn to discover it and make friends with it and find out what you need to do as an individual to help you get over this rather than doctor doctor save me Oh, wow. So many good points in that one that really stands out is that you're not separate from it. The separation right. of, of myself and then the dis-ease or whatever symptom is coming up. It's like, it's in your body. It's a part of you. And so coming to terms with that and then working through that is such a, I don't know, logical, but also yeah, yeah. an and empowering answer. That's so, yeah. I guess one thing I really wanted to ask, maybe it's a bit, I don't know if I'm just weird. It's like those medical shows where you want to hear about the weirdest patient or the weirdest client, but I, or like the most, I don't know. I have friends that watch those pimple popping YouTube videos. Oh, yes. I, anyway, well, I guess I just wanted to ask about the most controversial or challenging client story or the one that kind of really stands out to you that ah uh, yeah so um there's been a couple but I think one in particular who has actually become a very good friend of mine and um, she won't mind me talking about this because her work is moving into that she will become a I believe a cancer coach like she'll end up helping people um so she came to me with and it was beautiful synchronicity you know the universe aligned and it was just she kept saying look I know that I have to do more to treat this she went and got diagnosed with bowel cancer, lung cancer, liver cancer, lymphatic. She was too sick to be operated on. They said, look, it's, it's just, it's, you're too unwell. I don't, we don't want to go in there because there's just so much going on that you're inoperable. But what we'll do is we'll just give you some chemo treat the liver you know the liver cancers and the other cancers and see what we can do just to sort of extend but she was told prognosis they didn't give her a time frame and I always encourage people don't get a don't get a prognosis because half the time it's a lie or it's a total miss it's just based on the, the limitation anyway so four you know four cancers in her body and she came to me for a biocompass analysis we were focusing mainly on the liver we found that in the one session um, we worked on lungs and, you know, livers, starvation, fear, and anger, not releasing all of that. Lungs are all about unresolved grief, sadness, and loss, or a death-fright conflict. Uh, bowel is about anger, holding on to the word S-H-I-T. You know, you're really holding on to something. <laughs> anyway, so she went and did the chemo. She did extensive detoxification. 
So she went on a plant-based diet and I don't think that stuff she did of her own volition. Then we got her onto a good gut microbiome regime because that is your first step, gut, gut health. Um, and we, her and I just worked on all the emotional stuff. We just worked on clearing past traumas, limiting beliefs, um, fears, um, the trauma of diagnosis. She went back. I think she got scanned after her fourth round. Bowel cancer was gone. Lung cancer had encapsulated. So the, it was still there, but the insides had started to hollow out. Um, liver was still there, but instead of having four multiple lesions on the liver she was down to one and the lymphatic stuff just disappeared this woman's running like she's still got some cancer on the liver and i i want to quickly say something here i don't call it cancer and you'll learn this with your biocompass training i call it cell increase because that's all it is it's an adaptive process and there's a video on my youtube channel Cha-ching, just plugging my YouTube, um, <laughs> that we talk about cancer as an adaptive process. So the cells are there for a reason. And of course, we want to find out, and you talked about adaptation before, it's they're there to make your function, organ function stronger, or it's been going through some stress and now we're trying to build the cells back up to get it back to homeostasis. So if you don't deal with the underlying cause, which is the emotional stress environment, beliefs, all that stuff, then, you know, cancer can't go away. But anyway, that's what happens. And now we both keep laughing about it because I said the best thing that happened to her was being too sick to be operated on. Right down in her sigmund colon, so right down at the end of her colon. Um, so she would have lost half her colon. You know, she would have had limbs taken out, which is so important for your immunity. She would have had, you know, crazy stuff like that. And, and what, one thing I explained... To, I explained to people is the problem with going through traditional chemo treatment is they're scanning you all the time. So they're finding cells in your body all the time and they're labeling them as cancers, but what they are is adaptive processes. So then they try and do more chemo and say, well, actually, if you understand that organ and why it's functioning the way it is, you're giving chemo to an organ like your lymphs that's in a healing phase. It's actually got the cells there as part of the rejuvenation process. So you don't need to kill those cells. They're there for a good reason. Give it time. If you're doing the mind, body, energy, spirits, healing, give it time. And those cancers will just disappear of their own volition. And, and people don't understand that. Cancer is just part of an adaptive process. And uh, it's now being realized that it's the treatments that are causing people to die because of all the toxicity and the, you know, so she did everything like mind, body, souls, healing, everything. And she's running marathon, half marathons and just. <laughs> wow. So much. I mean, you just, I feel like. Oh, yeah. okay, it's, can it's you taken even... a year. Yeah. It's taken a year and she's gone back on some chemo now. Because also got to remember if she believes the chemo is working, then you do the chemo. I personally would never get chemo because I don't believe in it. I don't, I don't believe that it's this. Well, I shouldn't say that. I would depending on the type of cancer. Mm. But what I would say, it's been a year. Now, she's had this cancer in her body for a long time. People don't realize that. So you have cancer in your body for long periods of time or short intense periods due to short intense root causes like big trauma and we're going through cancers all the time without knowing 
So every time we get, if we went away, all of us and got scanned right now, we'd have cancers in our, probably have cancers in our body cells. Yeah. But it's just part of an adaptive process, you know? And the only reason it becomes so bad is because if someone's been living a highly stressed, emotional, repressed, emotional life, um, you know, toxins, whatever, then of course the cancer is going to be quite bad by the time it gets detected. So there you go. Huge story. <laughs> you mentioned the word trauma and I think it's something that, um, because there's emotional trauma. You said you touched on so many things that, I mean, I don't know if we can unpack. Yeah, sorry. And I, I can <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. No, no, people will have to just figure, you know, do the biocompass training and, and meet with you and do a biocompass session. And they're just going to have to delve in if they, because you touched upon a million things, but I guess what is trauma? Because right. We can talk about stuck emotions, but I think sometimes like trauma to me, a traumatic incident, I'd love to just hear a bit about that because sometimes I think maybe my perception of the word before starting the training it's like um you know it has to be like abuse you know or something really uh objectively traumatic and so I'd love to just hear your kind of your explanation on what's trauma why is it important to to heal it I mean how do we begin to heal it I have a million questions but what what is it to start do you know since doing my um, emotion, uh, EFT tapping, I talked about that at the start, emotional freedom technique training and matrix imprinting. It's really, really amazing because everyone's had a trauma of some sort in their lives, whether it be big T's or little T's. And it's these, they call them significant emotional events. Now, here's the beauty of understanding trauma. It is perception-based. It's not based on what anyone else makes things mean based on their experience of life. It's based on what you make it mean. Here are the four categories to define something as potentially traumatic. Uden, U-D-I-N, Uden. Uden moments are unexpected. Even if you're in an abusive relationship, just the way you get spoken to every day it's like it still feels quite unexpected and you're not prepared for it right it happens unexpectedly it feels dramatic to you to you two people in the room go through the same event dramatic to one not dramatic to the other so it feels dramatic so that's the d unexpected dramatic the third is isolating now that means that you could be in a room with people you could be in a collapsing building in an earthquake and i mentioned that because that's here in christchurch and right in that moment, all that you're processing is your own emotions and your own experience. So you feel very isolated. You feel very alone and you don't feel very supported. And then the end is no tools or strategies to deal with it effectively at that moment. So you either fight, flight or freeze. So even though at the time you might fight or it's often a freeze response. Trauma is often that could be a split second moment of... <gasps> And then you run or and then you fight. But it's very, it's yeah, unexpected, dramatic, isolating, no tools to deal with it at the time. And the thing that defines trauma is anything to that has a perception that creates an emotion in the body. So you you, you experience the event emotionally, the emotion then creates the memory. And people think memory is created by what we see, it's created by how we feel. Hmm. That actually an amazing, you know, carry on. Sorry, I'm going to quickly show this book because everyone needs to read this book. The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. 
trauma expert, one of the world's leading trauma experts. And he talks about how the body retains memories, emotions, and trauma. It holds on to it. And that's what affects the thoughts in the mind. So thinking is just a result of feelings. So you think about that, right, in terms of illness and disease. You have a feeling, it creates a shock in the body, which creates a thought in the mind. That thought becomes a thing, a process, a belief, a perception, which then starts to inform the body again. Ex extends on the emotion, but emotion becomes bigger because the thoughts now locked it in place. Because the mind and body are not separate. And the way we treat illness and disease at the moment is a total separation of the two. That's when you think about that logically, if someone's pronounced a brain dead in the hospital, they have to turn off the life support. What does that tell you? It tells you that without your mind and your thoughts and your brain and your, you know, neurology, you, your body can't function. <laughs> so why would the mind not be affecting the body? I mean, yeah, you say it, you say it and it's, we are all, it's, we're also one being, right? It's not like you can take your head off and kind of detach it and put it like, we're, we're one being. And so this idea that, you know, even gut health and gut being, your gut being your second brain and this thought that, I mean, you can, I love the idea of visualizations and the fact that if you visualize something stressful versus something positive or you're looking forward to your body will respond even to a visualization nothing is even happening to you but the visualization if you visualize yourself on a beach right now with a cold drink and you know the waves and right away you can start to hear smell the sea like your body already feels like you're in that place and so that to me is also a huge sort of proof like or if you smell your favorite meal or something right it's like your body responds to what your mind mm. is thinking so it's like it's inextricably linked because we're, we are one being. So I, I, I don't know how that's even in question. Uh, yeah. How any way that there's questions. Well, because we, yeah, because we become very powerful self healers and certain industries don't make any money out of us learning that we can be our own healer. You know, well, it's, it's not conventionally taught either, I suppose. Right. In no. school, in school, it's it's often about no. to research, right? Like like you need to go outside of yourself to find the answer to things. Mm. You need to Google it. I mean, or yeah. else you don't you know? That's how you figure stuff out, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you said something really powerful about this idea of stuck. Um, so you have the emotion, and then you have thoughts, and then it gets stuck into sort of beliefs. You have perceptions, and then you know it gets stuck into a belief. And so this might be a big question, but I was wondering, how do we? shift beliefs or how do we start to shift beliefs should we save this for the eft i don't um, know is that yeah it, it is a, look, look, interestingly it's because you have to obviously it's impossible beliefs are created in the subconscious mind so if you think of an iceberg in the ocean poor titanic you know it'll relate to this story and you've got the tiny bit of the iceberg on the top and that's your conscious mind, your thinking mind, your mind that says, I'm going to pick this water bottle up. This, the, the thought part that goes, I'm going to go to the shops and do whatever. I'm going to, that's your conscious mind. Now your subconscious mind is 90, it's 5%, this iceberg tip. And then the rest of it under the water, 95% is subconscious or the unconscious mind. And this or more subconscious actually. Now the subconscious mind, and this relates to your beliefs, is um, your beliefs 
which are created between the ages of zero to seven. All of your beliefs, that's how you respond to later things in life, the way you do, or why you respond the way you do later in life is because your belief structure created between zero to seven. So then to change the beliefs, you have to access the subconscious mind. You can't just think, I'm not, I, everyone who's listening to this is going to relate to this. How many times have you told yourself you're not going to do something or you're going to change your behavior or you're dot, 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 and the very same thing keeps happening or you keep sabotaging? It's because you're trying to change things with the conscious mind, the tip of the iceberg, when really it's the subconscious mind. So how do you change beliefs by accessing two ways? There's actually a quicker way these days by dropping more into feelings of joy and experiencing appreciation and being more in the energy, like retraining the brain, um, you know, every day with thoughts, with intentions, with how you choose to view the day. But if there's really significant programming in that uh, bottom half of the iceberg, processes, like I've already mentioned, a process called emotional freedom technique, because what emotional freedom technique does and matrix reimprinting, especially tapping, which I'm going to talk about in a second, it's it it's like a distractor to that mind body loop. Remember, I talked about that the emotions create the thoughts create. So you've got to interrupt that pattern, that looping. And one of the ways it's really good to do that is meditation, which takes quite a long time. Tapping is the probably one of the main ones. And then if you can work with a practitioner, you do make something like matrix reimprinting or psych K or mace therapy. But you've got to access the subconscious mind. You've got to bypass the conscious mind. And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about that in his training, how you've got to go into deep states of meditation where you then elevate and expand your awareness out beyond your physical body, go into high appreciation, joy, and that creates more of that energy in the body, which then starts to shift the conscious mind. That's one of the ways to do it. But tapping is one of the really good ways because it's sending this invisible energy that's just basically acupuncture with fingertips emotional acupuncture it's creating a, a loop break it's actually um I, what do i call it i call it a, a, a mind body reset because it's sending an invisible energy into the body which is discharging all the emotion in the body that's causing the thoughts so when you discharge all of that emotion in the body that's causing the thoughts the thoughts can then start to change. And when you tap, you then start to bring in positive affirmations, positive thinking. I choose to believe I'm worthy. I choose to believe I'm good enough. And because you're tapping energetically on shifting energy, moving it through the body, which the Chinese have done for thousands of years, by the way, you start to change the physical state of your physical body and your mental self. I love that. It makes complete sense why people will look at affirmations when they try to do conscious affirmations and they say, you know, this is, this is bullshit. Because it, it yeah. doesn't work when you're simply just consciously telling yourself something, but you don't wholeheartedly have the belief or you haven't integrated it. And that's why I think mm. some people get turned off by affirmations because, and they say it's fluffy, right? Or they'll say it's kind of out there and not effective, but it's because they're not doing what you've just said, that whole process. There's more to it than just kind of flippantly repeating something to yourself. You need yeah. to integrate it from an energy, like, and, and change your whole body's approach to it. If you're stressed out and tense and holding on to something, but you're like, I'm good enough, I'm okay. It's like, but you, your whole body doesn't believe it. Yeah. And, and can't. And because the most, remember I said trauma and emotional events are created in the body first that lean and form the mind. So if you just like, 
think of it as when you have an emotional event, it creates a charge in the body, a charge of energy, which is emotion, because in you know, energy is what is it? Energy and emotion is energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. So when you have an emotional event which creates a charge in the body that gets held in the body, you have to discharge that energy to stop the thinking, right? And this is how it's described really simply. In the wild, if an animal is of prey is chased by a predator and escapes from the predator, the body, what animals do, all mammals do this, is they discharge the energy of the shock. And you watch them, they shake it out. But humans don't do that. We don't, and this is why therapies like I think it's called um there's like shaking therapies out there and ecstatic yeah, yeah. dance and that because you're discharging the energy of the trauma and that's what tapping's doing it's discharging so somatic based energy um, processes so soma somatic being of the body are so powerful compared to talk therapy and it's been proven scientifically now there's an incredible book called the science of tapping which has been extended on this year. <laughs> I love that I'm getting access. Well, we're all getting access to your personal library. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the energy, and then of course what happens is those, especially back to the cancer conversation, those cancer cells start to dissipate because they don't need to be there anymore because the emotion that was holding them in place is dissipating as well. So that's how you train, retrain the subconscious mind. You've got to, discharge the emotion from the body oh I love it and I I think oh there's one more I really want to ask you before we go yeah. into the behind the scenes thing on the tapping which I think everyone needs to learn and and learn from from you because you're brilliant um oh thanks <laughs> truly no and, and this is actually this is one of the reasons why when this is why I have to ask you this question how do you stand up for your beliefs when they're not the mainstream? I mean, we, so I found you via Nicole Arbor um, and, and she also is somebody that's quite direct about her, her beliefs and her thoughts in, you know, in the mainstream of social media, at least. And I, that's why I was attracted to you. And I think that's why you're brilliant at what you do because you call things out and you'll say um, what you believe and what you believe is right. And so I guess the, the final question today for me would be how how do you do that you know I mean a lot of people will have things that they believe are right and deep down they believe in but I know for me it's felt really hard to it's almost the people can't see it if they're listening but you know it's, it's felt like there's been something around my throat like just choking me out to not be able to stand up for my beliefs publicly um, and so I'm really curious how, how you do that, how you do that when people will consistently, I mean, whatever, well, try to knock you um, down. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go slightly left for a little second and just explain yep. something to you about that. A lot of women have the choking feeling around the throat. It's called the witch's wound from past lives where we were silenced and women in particular silenced in past lives hmm. for speaking out about the truth and this has been this has existed for years this if you look at the medical system it's based on and it's based on the left brain which is logical and it's based on ego and true essence of us as humans with a soul on this planet is the heart 
is the right brain, which is creativity and feminine energy. Very powerful. And when you integrate the two, um, I want to explain that from a beliefs perspective. So how do I share what is a truth for me at the moment? And I don't call it even my truth. I call it our truth because I'm happy to say I have an opinion, but my opinions will change. The saddest part for so many people is their opinions don't change. How do I do it? Because I stop worrying about what other people think of me. I've never really worried about what other people think of me. <laughs> I learned through an amazing book called The Four Agreements by Dom Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Yeah. Life-changing book. Agreement number two, never take anything personally. And I always speak from my heart, intention. And I think about some of the stuff I've talked about on my social media and I've never been trolled ever I've only got a small following but you know it's you know I know when once you get trolled you made it you've made it but I just <laughs> I speak from such a truly authentic place of what you know I think about the why of my message when I speak I think this is because I want people to be empowered and knowledgeable and I make it about how can I serve how can I help how does this help people but the big thing in sharing my truth is I've had to do, and I still get quite freaked out sometimes when I post something like, <gasps> and I, like I'll be honest, I'm not 100% authentic because I don't post it on Facebook because Facebook is my personal page. Too many people I know on there because I don't need to be right. I don't need to be right. And I don't go in thinking I'm right and you're wrong. I just think I just want people to understand that there's a different perspective out there. But interestingly enough, I do I'll have a lot of fear around sharing this stuff on my Facebook because I've got so many friends and family. And it's not because I'm worried about how they will treat me. It's more about I just can't be bothered with the ignorance and the arguments. One of my intentions for my life is to have peace in my life. Mm. And I've just been listening to Wayne Dyer's The Power of Intention for about the 10th time. It is the most life-changing audio presentation I've ever listened to and he says you have to intend for what it is you want in your life and I intend for kindness and peace and I intend to feel good and I believe that I've just had to let go of my fear of worrying about what other people think of me because I don't, I don't want to get to my grave and go I'm really glad I didn't speak the truth because that person was going to get triggered because they haven't dealt with their trauma and they're easily offended because I'm a Sagittarian. If you know anything about astrology, Kalina, I'm a Sagittarian <laughs> six times in my chart. My two main things as a Sagittarian or three things are freedom and adventure. So freedom and truth are my two main drivers. I've, I, I can't die with the music inside me. I love it. I love it because first, another book you're... I think everyone has about seven or eight books to read from this episode, <laughs> plus, plus your personal experience, plus an audio from Wayne Dyer, who's obviously just huge in, in the space of intention and manifestation and in his, I mean, mm. brilliant. And then oh, witch's wound I've never heard of. And then the last thing you said, dying with the music still inside of you is just not an option. I think that's so powerful and true it's almost you would almost this ties back into our conversation about emotion because it's 
you would almost have something, maybe it's not emotion, but you'd certainly have something stuck inside of you that, that there's something wrong with not having that flow of, of dialogue. I, I, think, I think we're just so busy, afraid of dying that we don't actually live. And I just now I'm starting to say to people, what you're worrying about right now, I want you to imagine that you died tomorrow. Your life's over. Is this really going to matter? And, and you've got to, you get fierce like a, a lioness. I don't care what you think about me. I, I can't control how you feel about me. It's not my job to walk around, you know, worrying about your reaction to stuff. You're going to be triggered regardless of what I say. I could say the sky's green today <laughs> and you'll flip out at me. So I can't walk around anymore. And I feel deeply sad and send a lot of love to those people who are just so living in fear and so scared. And I, you know, you're over here yelling at me because I'm saying I won't get certain interventions because of certain, you know, and you're yelling at me and saying you're selfish. I'm like, no, I'm actually highly unselfish because I know the best thing I can give to this planet is me being healthy. Hmm. That's the best gift to this planet is being educated and inspirational. So that's not selfish to me. If your fear thinks that's, I can't control that. I just can't control it. I can't control it. (laughs) No, I think that's really important in many ways. I mean, if we look at even the Bible, which is a super old text, I mean, it's, you know, wisdom to know the things you you can and can't control and you need to know the difference. I mean, it's really what's in my control. It's actually a basic tenant of the coaching training I did. Like you can't coach anybody in, in the training, like based in neuro-linguistic programming, but you can't tr- coach anybody on things that are not within their control. And so you have to, the very first thing is if someone comes to you and says, I want to change, you know, my mother-in-law, it's like, we can change how you relate to your mother-in-law and how you behave and the things that you do. And the, you know, but we can't do anything about that other person. So honestly everyone needs to listen to the power of intention because the quotes that come out of that are off the charts and one of the things he says right near the beginning is when you change the way you see the world the world around you changes yeah like you say you can't and the magic is when you change your perception and you change your beliefs and you see everything oh and you know to the point where when someone's triggered or offended you look at them go oh i wonder what's going on for them today oh gosh something's not result you know it's like this total emotional detachment from it well and again back to the word curiosity and that's what Mm. you I mean I think that's what you do in your work you bring Mm. true service a sense of service your heart a sense of curiosity to partner with your clients to bring health and well-being back to their lives I think that Mm. I mean you probably can that's what I've surmised and I think that that's so needed so needed, it's just right? seeking to understand, seek to understand, not assume. And in the four agreements, um, agreement number three, never make assumptions. Seek to understand. Oh, when you said that to me, I'm curious to know, you know, it made me feel blah, 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 blah. I felt very upset and unwanted around what, what was going on for you in that moment back to agreement number two oh it wasn't personal I was just feeling really upset because what you said made me feel dot 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 it's like oh my god yeah. that book honestly should be the human bible moving forward for, for to how to live your life because it's just I love oh, 
it's a really easy book it's really small it's simple it takes all of a few hours to read love it and really focused on I I guess for me it's also another thing of how you've talked about emotions I mean language sometimes words words I should specify can be so limiting and so even in the communication dialogue you just did it's like that frustration or that feeling sometimes you can't even put words to it and so it's really interesting how much of what we feel doesn't get verbalized but then sticks in the body and we go down that whole rabbit hole of what we were talking about earlier so fascinating it's also interconnected I don't even know if it makes sense anymore but it makes sense in my head so (laughs) really powerful (laughs) and I and I do want to make sure that we have time to go behind the scenes on the tapping which you mentioned is an amazing way to shift no you said a bet you said a different word you said dis- I, dis- well, I call no. it yeah. It's like discharging emotion, Charge. but it's also I, I, it's like a pattern interrupter. You know about that with NLP. It's yeah. it's a form of physiological pattern interrupt to stop the feelings continuing to inform the thoughts by discharging the emotion. So all we do with tapping is we tune into what we're feeling, label the emotion, we give it a score out of ten. At, at that moment we give it a color color is really important because color shifts and changes energy as it has its own energy I should say and then we um yeah what am I feeling where am I feeling it I should say what am I feeling where am I feeling it in my body mm-hmm. what's the score out of 10 and what's the color now people say oh I can't guess the color just guess I can tell you right now we're with hundreds and hundreds of clients thousands of sessions anxiety and fear are usually red Grief and sadness are normally blue. Depression's normally black. Significant trauma's gray. Um, yeah. And then as we start to shift the energy by tapping, the colors start to change. So there's no accident with the colors. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. As I promised you, Sonia is an absolute powerhouse. And if you'd like to check out the EFT tapping exercise that Sonia just alluded to, I would love for you to click on the link in the show notes. If you donate a coffee or join in our monthly Inner Circle membership, you can access Sonia's tapping exercise alongside all sorts of behind-the-scenes tidbits. So check it out, and thank you so much, Sonia, for being here with us today.